Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following podcast contains explicit language. I agree with you that there were lots of, you know, divisive comments, especially and unfortunately about the press. We found out via tweet early this morning that Mr. Trump was had decided to cancel. When I first heard that he was tweeting about something that was on this broadcast, a number of tweets last night, I kept thinking, doesn't he have like a briefing book on ISIS to be reading at 10 yeah, o'clock? I- Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. On Trumpcast, we are partying like it's the last day of disco today because tomorrow the music dies. We're talking to Joe Miller, the head writer, showrunner, and executive producer of Full Frontal with Samantha Bee. And we're talking today in advance of Saturday's planned women's protests. They're from sea to shining sea. We're talking about protesting and resisting and agitating. Joe's a veteran protester, a fork-tongued feminist, and the woman who, with Samantha B, has created a solid bulwark against the He-Man Woman Haters Club, embodied in one Donald Trump. I'm so glad we're talking about protesting today because I am a hopeless protester, but I think I burned out on it during the Cold War Maybe partly because I spent a long time writing letters to Yuri and Dropoff. Did anyone else do this? I sent letters to him asking that my small town in Hanover, New Hampshire, be designated a target, nuclear target, so we would die in the, quote, blast and not the fallout. That was my greatest ambition at 14. The other thing I did, I got to, and this I felt sort of lucky to do, I was, you might remember me, one of the stars of No Last Flower, the hippie play that my brother and I starred in as the last children on Earth after a nuclear winter. Yes, we passed the hat on Main Street in Hanover, New Hampshire, and people would give us a quarter here and there. And we wept bitter tears because there was only one last flower with us after nuclear war. Please, Mr. President, disarm. So those are my two efforts at protesting. I did some clinic defenses and lots of other no-nukes rallies. But I've been politically, I have to admit, lazy for the past 10 years, and I missed Occupy Wall Street. But this time I'm going to the Women's March, and I'm looking forward to talking to someone who's a much more ardent and active protester than I am today. So let's just jump right into it. Greetings, Joe. Greetings, Virginia. Salutations. (laughs) We're starting out strong. Hail, Virginia. Well met. (laughs) We're going to talk about protesting today, and you're the perfect person to talk to because I feel like you would... As part of la resistance, you would <laughs> you would protest like a stuffed animal. 
I mean, you're resisting everything. <laughs> well, Sam's cat protests the stuffed animals. She does? <laughs> no, he he um, makes love to stuffed animals. That's Samantha Bee, your colleague. Yes, um, Samantha Bee, my boss. Uh, her cat molests her children's stuffed animals. And were you just saying there the, some of the vagina hats that people are wearing in Washington <laughs> this weekend to the, to the giant march, um, that they're now exposed to him, this evil evil libidinous cat not yet but i suggested he might like them it, i mean it would seem to be like a bullseye for him like right it might be too on the nose it might be the only thing that he won't fuck <laughs> okay so let's talk about the vagina hats as prelude to talking about people have said oh, this Les. march and i am very pro march yep, yep um we had yasha monk on this show. i loved that episode Amazing. i listened to it four times okay so political scientist who tells us that the end of democracy is nigh and he also says that there are ways to resist fascism or resist uh, the Trump presidency. And one of them, he says, that is especially effective is the spectacle of people endlessly marching in the streets. I just got that in my head. And when he said that endlessly marching in the streets and and about the spectacle about that show of force, I realized that though I thought I was a hopeless protester, I have got to, you know, put my shoes on and get out to that march. I'm going to New York's um, on Saturday. And I understand you are going to a a regional. I am. I am. Well, Samantha is going down to D.C. in our beloved bus just as a private person um, with some of our staff. And I am going the other direction up to Poughkeepsie to march across the Hudson because that is I live up in the Hudson Valley. And um I started wondering about regional marches because I knew about the marches here in New York City. And so I just started randomly plugging into Google cities. Like, I wonder if there's one in Des Moines. Yes, there is. Ugh. I wonder if there's one in Boise. Yes. Uh, North Dakota. Yes. So Anchorage. Talking, yes. And you were looking at red states. I was looking at not very heavily populated, not very urban states. And there was a woman's march every place that I could pull out of my brain of, you know, a place where it would probably take a lot to organize such a thing. Amazing. If you're out there, there are long distances to drive and there's one everywhere. So mine is, I think the closest one to me is up in Poughkeepsie. And I thought that these, these local marches I find very heartening. They're not going to get any coverage whatsoever, but I think that they provide a great opportunity for sustained, ongoing activism and involvement in the future. You're going to meet people who live in your district. Yeah. You're going to meet people that you can get together with the next week and go to the town hall and bother your new uh, Republican representative who wants to repeal ACA. Yes. Um, and that's You can also see small numbers of people making a large difference. You, that's something, even though you're in the media, that's something you feel strongly about are mm-hmm. these are these of sort of municipalism or mm-hmm. attention at the level of the town hall and uh, and local candidates. Yeah, we're um, obsessed with that. The Tea Party didn't take over the entire country with a big event. They took it over in groups of 12 going and making uh their elected representatives feel scared and miserable at town halls. Is that what happened? I mean, I, yeah, I, I've been at them and my, I, uh, my, I'm in a district where my elected congressional representative is, is always a Republican and, uh, or at least since the last redistricting. And I participate in the town halls and the phone town halls with him, which I enjoy because the guy, my outgoing congressman is very involved in local affairs, energy, um, getting cable mm-hmm. out to neighborhoods, Lyme disease. And it's usually me and six homebound conspiracy theorists spouting Hannity. Wow. And my guy happens to know a ton about solar 
energy and right. credits. He knows a lot. And it's interesting to talk to him about these local issues. Um, I mean, that's extreme. You're really zagging where others zig. I mean, not even talking about social media, not talking about social media, you know, much less or not even demonstrations that the which are largely for show, you know, including I mean, I'm sure there'll be reports about the protests of how many numbers they got and lots of pictures, you know, ideological pictures on both sides meant to frame it as too few people came or too many people came or the or, wrong people came or the, yeah, it'll be they, this march will be able to do nothing right. Like, yes. No matter what anyone does at this march will be wrong. Well, so I read a list of the things that uh, protesters, especially to Washington, um, where they're really expecting a huge turnout, should do. Um, you have some other kind of cautions because of your yeah, history I don't know about... protesting and agitating, and especially your familiarity with how social media can pick up and amplify yeah, I mean, I think factions in a in a in a movement. A lot of people are going to be there who. Um... Haven't been to a million marches in Washington. Yep. <laughs> haven't been to a million marches in anywhere, which is great. It's wonderful that people are, are getting into it. But it seems like tempers are a little um, frayed and red already yeah. surrounding this thing. And I, I think it would be great if if people would sit down and talk to slightly more experienced protesters in the Black Lives Matter movement who are also used to having negative media attention, a negative public attention, sitting in the wings, waiting to pounce on any excuse, mm -hmm. and agitators coming and trying to rile up a fight, which Black Lives Matter marchers have all the time. You'll have some somebody, um, you know, some roided up douche trying to pick a fight with you on the way, and you have to go high when they go low. And and, and what does that look like going high when they go low in the moment? I mean, not getting into a screaming fight, not getting into a physical fight, not uh, doing anything that's... Um, video tapable and put on YouTube mm -hmm. edited to make you look like uh, an extremist or a hateful person or a petty child dispersion or a thug. And there are going to be those opportunities at the Women's March, too. Like, don't be a douche. Be yeah. forgiving of each other. And it's a crowd. And be gentle and tolerant and help each other. I think the best atmosphere at a march or an event in Washington, I've been to a bunch of them, <laughs> was at the the rally to restore sanity or fear because it was really kind of, uh, it was tongue in cheek for a lot of people. It was a party, but there was a wonderful comradeship among people there. Yeah. And people were so nice to each other <laughs> and just polite and after you and, um, you know, kind of instant friends. And it was a great atmosphere. It's funny that, you know, you say tongue in cheek and obviously you work in the satire business at Full Frontal. Um, I was involved a bit with ACT UP in the mm -hmm. 90s. And yeah, um, and that was that introduced, at least in my experience, the idea of irony to um, oh, demonstrations yes. and was extremely powerful and also kept people's minds on play and not on the fractiousness among them. Mm -hmm. And that was, I thought, really important. I mean, you you point out that what's in the news about this march right now, which ha there are a lot of reasons it should be in the news. But of course, the top 10 Google News returns for the Women's March on Saturday in Washington, and then these, I think, 600 plus uh, marches around, uh, across the country, is that there is divi divisions around Pro-life feminists and pro-choice feminists. Yeah. And um, it plays into the narrative of, like, bitches can't organize shit. Yeah. Um, 
they, you know, women will fight as soon as there are more than three of them in a room and it just plays into an exaggerated narrative. And these PC feminists are mm. shutting out the rest of us yeah. who have the same interest in wage equality, same mm-hmm. interest in everything, but a different set of religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could you in the moment avoid, say, where, you know, you're in Poughkeepsie and, and I'm at UN Plaza in New York and we're faced with all the anti-choice propaganda on the one hand, but also women who with whom we share many values on the mm-hmm. other. Like, what does that what does that showdown look like when you're getting um, stuff thrown at you? Well, I think that um, we shouldn't uh, maybe paint the anti-choice movement as a monolith. I think there are yep. uh, women of faith who um, are anti-abortion. Are fe- I mean, there are a lot of feminist nuns who are anti-abortion, but yeah. huge, hugely active in social justice. Yep. Um, and looking after women who are at risk. So I think that there is, and this is just me personally, I think there are good arguments to be made at the moment when reproductive rights and women's health rights are under such vicious, sustained attack. There certainly is a defensible position to say, you know, if you are anti-choice, you are anti-woman because we're under attack. I get that. There's also the position that we take as a show when we sit down with people like Glenn Beck, that Mm -hmm. there are people of goodwill Mm-hmm. who believe things that we find repellent, but we have the tiny sliver of Venn diagram that overlaps this tiny little ice flow that yeah. we're perching on like two <laughs> starving polar bears, and we try to meet there. And we'll never change them much. They'll never change us much, yep. but we'll work together to help refugees yes. and put aside our other disagreements. And I think that people of good faith who are pro and anti-choice can do that. There are also other people in the anti-choice movement, I think um, there's a student group that are coming down specifically to stir the shit mm-hmm. and not because they are interested in showing their solidarity and feminism. And they're the ones who say, well, we'll have our GoPro cameras on us. That was from the New York Times article. So mm. when people start spitting at us, that'll be good to have. OK, you're there to stir the shit and get a YouTube video. Right. Um, right. But that, you know, walk past, don't engage. So maybe, so maybe <laughs> rule one is d- don't spit on as many people as I had planned to. Yeah, Would you say like it's you're a gonna saliva get control? Dehydrated if right. you do that. Exactly. Um, it's like a Burning Man thing too. Like Gatorade. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna, if there's a lot of expectoration. Yeah. So, what <laughs> about there have been so many axes on which to criticize this president? This Trump, n- next one. The the one I year might be taking over. Oh, Incidentally, I mean you're you and I are around the same age. I for some reason all morning nobody can confirm that this is true. Although I found a reference to it online, that when Jimmy Carter was inaugurated in 1977, there was a song to sort of psych people up on the nightly news, and it went like this. And yes, I'm going to sing it. We have a new president, and Jimmy Carter is his name. And I was just like, if I sing this, if I keep singing this, then maybe it will be, maybe it will be in 1977. How pretty is that, would, though, Jimmy Carter? Would that bring back a whole free-to-be-you-and-me era and it was Marlo ex- Thomas? And- it was exactly that when we were when things oh, were going places. Gosh. Um, there are so many f- axes, as I say, on which you to criticize this incoming president. It's so hard to say. Really? But I think Donald he Trump, seems nice. I mean, he does have some really yeah. cool sides to him. I, I hear mean, he's, he's smart. He's sexy. Mm. I mean, he's got all those girls, like yeah. uh, 10,000 women at the Miss Universe pageant. Can't be wrong. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. 
but he, uh, you like Steve Bannon too, right? You said he seems oh like a God. cool guy. You just, did you see the hairs on my arm stand up when you said that? <laughs> I, I can't even laugh about that. No, not I'm right sorry. now. I don't, <laughs> and you feel hurt by not, he hasn't texted you today, right? I mean, well, he's got other girls. Right. He's busy. Mm-hmm. And also there's, right, there's building the all-white civic society to I'll, keep him. Yeah. I'll give him a foot massage tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, what the hell are we talking about? Oh, this new president. All these all these lines of criticism. Mm-hmm. But these marches are focused on one, focused on women's issues and focused on women, partly because Madame Shook, I'm forgetting her first name, but, but a retiree had the idea the night of the election to organize this mm-hmm. march. And she wanted it for women because mm-hmm. lots of us felt, you know, that during the campaigns and during the election that the primary threat of the president was to women. But this is that's before the cabinet picks and before we learned that every flank of our nation is endangered um, and perhaps global security, too. So is we knew that (laughs) you think we knew going in? Well, I didn't totally understand the Russian thing going in. Um, So, you know, what do you think about the fact that this is focused on women's issues? And, you know, let's be honest. It's hard to understand exactly what are the women's issues. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if I would use the word focus in connection with this march. But getting back to what Yasha Monk said, that the sea of people is an important visual. And especially with a president like this who only cares or notices and cares about or notices something if it's on television. Yeah. A sea of bodies will have an impact on someone like that. Yeah. But are you, I mean, I remember with Occupy Wall Street, there was a lot of concern that the, uh, okay, just for the record, she rolled her eyes. Joe just rolled her eyes. Oh, God. I don't get enough t- tweets from, okay, thanks. <laughs> no, that, well, I was going to say what you were rolling your eyes about, which is that there was a lack of focus in the demands made by Occupy. It, well, I think they demanded that John Lewis sit down and shut up. That was the only focused demand. <laughs> I'm going to get so much shit. No, no, no. Nobody gets shit for Trumpcast. Um, you know, there was a, a lot of brilliance to the Occupy movement. Sure. And looking back, I wish I'd, I'd participated in it more. But for this one, to me, this show of force, let's see if you agree with this, is important to say my favorite placard is "We America hates you, Donald Trump. <laughs> um, I just think that popularity is important to him. Mm-hmm. He lost the popular vote. He needs to be reminded in a very visual way of how much um, contempt there is for him, how much disrespect there is for him, how much we've had it there is for mm-hmm. him. Him. And he hasn't, there hasn't been a physical crowd. I mean, he, he seeks out those crowds of adoring at the rallies supporters um, to the point where he went and did more campaign rallies after being elected because Incredible. he missed it. Right. But we haven't seen him in a in a live sea of disapproving. That's right. Non supporters. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I just felt like when that someone when he was voting at the polls said New York hates you, Donald Trump. I don't know why. I just think that's so funny. Mm-hmm. It's so blunt and visceral. And um, you know, if this is a peaceable protest, we have to like language has to act instead of clubs or instead of thugs. Like you know, oh, Trump I hope there's rallies. some good chance. Then I've heard really terrible chance lately. Yeah, what's it? Well, okay, I don't know if you're going to carry a sign in Poughkeepsie, but uh, if you were to carry a sign... I'll wear one be? of my t-shirts. In your t-shirts, a lot of your t-shirts are, and this is in the act up spirit of irony that we were talking about, a lot of your t-shirts are like um, nasty women. We have nasty women and um, 
I probably won't wear my Thundercunt t-shirt because probably most people at the Poughkeepsie March are going to be like 60. Um, (laughs) And some of these are names Samantha Bee has been called. Is that right? Thundercunt is. Yeah, that was one of of the tweets. Right. And the Vagenda of Manicide. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Um, The Vagenda of Manicide. (laughs) Why did we not make that a shirt? Which was coined, which was coined, I think, on the right. Mm -hmm. Like they were like. Hillary with her horrible van- agenda of God, that was funny. That's why women are turning out. I mean, th- this campaign <laughs> just squeezed a-, a horrible, inflamed boil of misogyny yeah. that exploded in all our faces. That is almost as revolting as it actually was in life it, to it survive at that dis- image. It was horrible. Yeah, it was it horrible. Was galling. And in the same way that Hillary could do nothing right. No yeah. option that she could take at any point would have been the right thing. Yep. Um, I think that the the organizers and the participants of this march in Washington are getting getting kind of the same thing. Um, so, so, so Samantha Sambi is going to the going to the march um, with with some of your colleagues. Is she, but she's going as a private citizen. Yeah. How does that work exactly? I mean, she will be recognized probably. She may hide on the bus. She may hide on the bus. Well, we okay. are we are giving away a thousand sh- feminist shirts, like the one she was wearing this week on the show. Oh yeah, and um, we'll be selling them on our website too for people who are going to marches in like Spokane and Poughkeepsie, like me. Yeah, and uh, the proceeds go to a small organization called Distributing Dignity. It's distributingdignity.org. They provide sanitary supplies and underclothing to women in need. And um, I mean, they're organizations that have sort of vague agendas like uh, supporting and advocacy and uh, yeah you know no buy a woman some tampons please yes exactly <laughs> um get it keep it as concrete as possible mm-hmm. stick to the agenda you know <laughs> <laughs> yes um so i love that you all are increasingly a new service i mean new service obviously with a voice obviously with a perspective like a french newspaper but you have are doing ethically reported i'm gonna, fact I'm gonna check put news. that blurb on our next billboard <laughs> you know how a french no- newspaper <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing moves the needle for a television show more than being compared to a 20th century a french newspaper, french just, newspaper. we're gonna have to work more anti-semitism <laughs> into the show um so what um what is the show going to do around the marches and how much is the show it's hard to you get you can move quickly into like a dismal sincerity when you start talking about like to the barricades ladies we're not going to do that yeah (laughs) we're not going to do that and uh I think I may just run around the office trying to put a vagina hat on Sam's head, (laughs) (laughs) or she might run around trying to put one on me. My writer, wonderful, dear writer, Pat Gassels this morning, put his philosophical look on. He was thinking, he's like, you know, I imagine for you, the vagina hats would offend you as a knitter and as a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? Yeah. I was like, no, you know, if, if you like that, you do you. All my knitter friends are texting me about how excited they are to knit them. I'm like, okay, go girl. Joe, you never stop texting. What are you? What are you reading? Well, my writers never stop. Well, we never stop texting texting each other. And just now, wonderful Pat Castles <laughs> texted, <laughs> "Quote: I'm rocking out to the inaugural concert, which I did not realize was today in the writers' lounge. If anyone wants to rock out to some three doors down, <laughs> they're not playing yet, though." And Ashley Black, who's down in DC, says, "There's some sick piccolos up right now." <laughs> Piccolos is going to be the name of the game. Sick Piccolos. Work. It's actually a Sick Piccolos cover band. But um, 
And Pat said, that's actually three doors down. They're trying out a new sound. <laughs> oh, my God. We are missing out. We're totally missing out. We're in this little room. We could be dancing to, to piccolos. FPs. Yeah. Yep. Um, Jason, can we hear some of those piccolos? So, um, you know, now you, the show has such a like DGAF vibe to it now. Like you right. do because not we care. Don't. Yeah. Um, give a, we have to earn our R rating on this oh, show, by the way. So I'm just, just being so good. Yeah. We don't give a fuck. Right. And it, it's, it's clear. Like mm-hmm. you don't, there's, there's no. Because we're old. Yeah. How'd you do that? We didn't die. <laughs> Which for me is a feat. When you didn't die, you don't give. A, you come to a time where you don't give a fuck. It's like yeah. the crone pose. You're just, yeah, well, not quite. We're <laughs> this paramenopausal age where, yeah, if we're not going to say what we want to say now, what are we waiting for? Yeah, how many, how much longer are women our age going to be given shows? Is it possible that Donald Trump has clarified or has has pushed no. us all into that position? Or, or we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. That's one thing. My whole approach to the Women's March on Washington is wait and see. I hope that it's a positive, great thing. And I don't know what it'll mean and what it'll do. And I want to wait and see. That seems like the right attitude. At the same time, I can't help. I don't know if I'm just a sentimental fool, but I can't help help but be heartened by the idea of people marching on Natchez or or Spokane or, you know, Rome, Georgia. Um, And they're marching across Iowa. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, you know, it's not easy. I mean, it's 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 logistically very difficult to organize, honestly, for the big city mm-hmm. um, protests. And, you know, you need child care or you need to take care of your children. I mean, these are not these are not to- small sacrifices. And obviously there's a bigger risk for people on the front lines. So I really admire I mean, this is so even though we're on the eve of the inauguration, this is a sort of a hopeful day on Trumpcast. Yeah. And I'm really, really glad you've been part of it. It's, I mean, I just, I love talking to you always. I love talking to you too. I mean, are people going to get that we're two different people? That is a good question. <laughs> the producer is shaking his head no. no. We sound alike. It doesn't matter. What? If it's someone says something really smart, oh, then... Virginia, all that cussing you're doing. <laughs> um, thanks so much for being here. And um, we're going to have you here again. So get <gasps> really? used to coming to Brooklyn. Really? That would be great because I don't think Trump's clarified anything for me. I think that I, I feel wrapped in a haze of confusion all the time now. I don't really understand anything. All I know is that like every day is like 50 kicks in the cunt one after the other. And, yes. And tomorrow will be that way, too. And the next day and you start to realize that this is a marathon that needs stamina. I'm so glad we finally earned our, our rating. Kicks in the cunt. According to Joe, that's what we can expect. Well, <laughs> Thanks again for being here. Thanks, Virginia. (laughs) Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
That's it for today's show. Trumpcast is produced by Jason DeLeon, who's planning to spend the inauguration somewhere over the rainbow. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcasts. He's spending tomorrow way up high in the dreams he dreamed once in a lullaby. Andy Bowers is Panoply's chief content officer, where the trouble melts like lemon drops high above the chimney tops is where you'll find him. And one more thing before we go. Trumpcast has a live show coming up in Washington, D.C. on February 6th at the Hamilton Theater. We are super excited and would love to see you there. Tickets are available on slate.com slash live. And I'm Virginia Heffernan. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. Pat Kessels goes, ladies and gentlemen, on bass, Mr. Mike Huckabee. <laughs> we find our joy where we can yeah exactly